Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. boring and not as uh not as glamorous as you might want to well, get. We can never be that boring. But my, my, my thing is 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 for them for so good old Lee. So we have Lee's official story, um, the the story in the history books. Let's now go through his life in a little more detail and see what we can find. Mm-hmm. If there's anything interesting here. Again probably going with too much detail, but what the heck, that's what we're gonna do. More of the right detail. The right detail. Uh so Oswald, as I mentioned, was born in 1939. His father was a distant cousin of Confederate General Robert E. Lee. And his father served in the Marines during World War One. Very cool. So um, there was kind of a history of uh, mili- a military tradition in his family. Um, his father died of a heart attack two months before Lee was born. Wow. Which is rough. Um, and when Oswald was five years old, his mother moved the family to Dallas, Texas. He attended um, several different schools in the area. Um, just an interesting note, he took an IQ test when he was in the fourth grade and scored 103. Holy sh... Which placed him directly in the middle of normal. <laughs> he wasn't stupid, he wasn't a genius, he was squarely normal. Wow. Um, on achievement tests in grade four to five, he did much better in reading than he did in spelling. For what's that? For what that's worth, I don't know if it's worth anything. Um, as a child, Oswald was described as withdrawn and temperamental by people who knew him. That kind of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. I think based off what we know later on. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was twelve in 1952, his mother took him to New York City, where they lived for a while with his half brother John. And uh, Oswald and his mother were actually asked to leave after an argument in which Oswald struck his mother, allegedly, and threatened John's wife, his older brother's wife, with a pocket knife. Oh. So he was kind of a, a troubled kid, I guess you could say. Wow. I mean, it makes sense. I but, mean, but let's point out, mm-hmm. after an argument in which Oswald allegedly... Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not put the knife in the guy's hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, 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 you know, in, in, in true OJ fashion, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Right? Yeah. So you don't know for sure that that was the case. I can't believe that guy actually said that in the trial. Was that John Cochran? <laughs> yeah, he said that. The glove don't fit, must acquit. <laughs> it's like, and they went... Yeah, sounds pretty good. <laughs> I know, it's like... Wow, that was pretty darn impressive. What have you? It's like it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it does. Okay, but yeah, I mean, he allegedly struck his butt. So that means there's no proof. It's conjecture. And if I didn't say that, we wouldn't be true to what we do. So yeah. that was alleged. Doesn't mean anything. Don't form your opinion about Lee Harvey Oswald just yet. But, I mean, I think he did have some difficulties as a kid. Whether this story is true or not... You know, he wasn't always the happiest. No. Well, I mean, here's something no. that's a little more verifiable. Okay. Um, so he was in, 
he attended seventh grade in the Bronx, uh, but he often skipped school, which actually, uh, that doesn't make me think too no. poorly of anybody. I mean, not that I think school is bad. Go to school, study oh. hard. Um, but I mean, some people just, you know, they like to skip. Um, I did. When I was a senior in high school at Troy High, I skipped every single Friday and Monday of my entire senior year. Oh, really? How'd that work out for you? I got high. (laughs) That worked out pretty well then. I did. But I also, in having fun, Uh I also graduated 500 out of 532 kids. Pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Look where I am now. Man, you totally... I rock it. You totally slammed those other 31 kids. <laughs> you crushed them. Um, so his skipping school ended up leading to a, um, in his other issues in school, led to a psychiatric assessment at a juvenile reformer, reformatory. The psychiatrist yeah. there, a yeah. Dr. Renatus Hartogs, <laughs> described... Say that again into the camera. Dr. Renatus Hartogs okay, go <laughs> described Oswald as immersed in vivid fantasy life, turning around the topics of omnipotence and power through which Oswald tries to compensate for his present shortcomings and frustrations. Wow. Doc- Dr. Hartogs detected a personality pattern disturbance with schizoid features and passive-aggressive tendencies. You know, I'd like to see if, if, if maybe an, a Freedom of Information request mm-hmm. could get his um, childhood uh, records from that psychiatrist. And see whether it actually lines Why up. Why not? I mean, first of all, just, just for the sheer interest of it. Uh-huh. Right? Because, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you be able to get that? I mean, there's a lot of things that people got through the Freedom of Information Act that were really important. Uh-huh. But, but nobody's going to ask for this. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I honestly well, think that that would be really cool to get because I think we could probably get that if nobody's already got it. Yeah, and if you can find a place where, like, let's say that somebody made this up somehow or other. Yeah. It's always like it's like a foot in the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Without a doubt. Um, so he uh, he ended up going back to New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans, New Orleans. I don't want to say that either. Either. Um <laughs> Okay. Either, 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 either. <laughs> you say potato. That, be, that was a really good potato. joke. I didn't even know. Yeah, okay, that go. was good. Um, <laughs> you know, I heard a Gershwin rock song today when I was driving home from school. I didn't know such thing. No, I was like, I was I, when I heard, I was like, is this Gershwin? It was like they had done like a, uh, you know, the song "Nice Work" if you can yeah, get it, yeah, yeah. and they had turned it into like this pop song, like in the seventies or something like, like somebody that. Somebody shoot him. I know it was kind of weird. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> At 16? Yeah. Oh, wait, no. So he uh, um, he quit school during 10th grade and ultimately joined the Marines at age 17. Should you be allowed to join the, the military at age 17? Well, a lot of people do that. Yeah, it just seems young. Yeah. But they, I they, guess they, that's they, what the military is, though, right? A bunch of young people. They had a misguided sense of patriotism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know. So uh, the other, the only other thing I'll mention about his childhood was that even though he may have had a reading spelling disability, he was a voracious reader. He read constantly. That's something that everybody says about him. He only understood every other word, though. So yeah. he only really had read half the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it was the good, the better half. Um, he really knew his articles, though. Mm-hmm. You know, A-N and uh, the easy <laughs> words. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Now, a big question about Oswald is, was he really a Marxist? Did he really believe in socialism? Well, I mean, who at 15 says he's a Marxist and really understands it? Well, I mean, I think somebody could understand it intellectually at, at age 15. Um, but... Um, Truly? Well, I mean, it's possible. Maybe. I mean, but he was, you know, he was squarely in the middle of normal in terms of intelligence. Or he was very square. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so here's a few facts, supposed facts about him around that time period. When he was 15, according to his, um, well, actually I'll say, according to the people around him, supposedly by the age 15, he considered himself a Marxist. Um, according to his diary, which is documented proof, which is documented proof, he said, quote, I was looking for a key to my environment, and then I discovered socialistic literature. Go Bernie! Bernie is a democratic socialist, not a socialist. There's a difference. Okay, go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I was looking for a key to my environment, and then I discovered socialist literature. I had to dig for my books in the back of dusty shelves of libraries. And read the other half. And read the other half. He read the first half, and yeah. the other half, that was the whole book. <laughs> Uh, at age 16, he wrote to the Socialist Party of America for information on their Young People Socialist League. Um, and he told them he had been studying socialist principles for, quote, well over 15 months. However, Edward Vobel, whom the Warren Commission had determined was Oswald's closest friend during his teenage years in New Orleans. And I don't believe anything the Warren Commission says, but go ahead. Yep, I don't either. But we're reporting everything. There we go. Yep. Um, this Edward Vobel said that reports that Oswald was already studying communism at that time were a bunch of baloney. Vol thickly sliced. Thickly sliced. Yeah. Vobel said that Oswald read paperback trash. Ah. So Oswald claims to have been reading all this Marxist literature. Um, His friend said, no, he's reading a bunch of um, paperbacks. So maybe he knew, and maybe his psychiatrist knew when he said, described Oswald as immense in a vivid fantasy life, mm -hmm. turning around the topics of omnipotence and power through which Oswald tries to compensate for his present shortcomings and frustrations. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. No, you're right. I mean, and that's not so surprising, right? Because, no. like, if you think about a... Uh, um, if you think about a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old who kind of, let's say you read a pamphlet on socialism, right, and are interested in it. Oh, sure. Do you potentially brag to your friends about knowing more about socialism than you than you actually do? Yeah. No. I mean, I don't. But I mean... Uh -huh. But I mean, one might. Well, I mean, I, I remember one time when I was in high school and, like, you know, I was, like, 14, uh -huh. right? And I'm in, I'm in a, the, the, the men's locker room, the boys' locker room, right, getting ready, you know, to do whatever... And I'm sitting there getting ready to get in the shower, and Duke comes up and he says, Dude, you don't have any pubic hair. What the fuck are you, a freak? And I went, uh, What do you mean? <laughs> and I was upset. Because uh -huh. I was 14. Yeah. And this guy, like, obviously had a bush rat. <laughs> like, he's a man or something. Yeah. You know, and I'm like going, Oh. Uh -huh. You know, and then I, then I called myself a Marxist. Uh -huh. and, you know, and I, can you cut that out? <laughs> Or don't. <laughs> I'm going to put it on You know who you are, Mike. I'm going to put it okay. on the loop. Okay, apparently we're going to have another oh, beer. Yeah. This one is 
This is actually from Colorado. We're going to get some more New Hampshire and Vermont beers. We're going to do a shout out to Colorado because they have great beer there. Like, we have amazing... Go John Elway! We have amazing beer in New Hampshire and Vermont, but they also have great beer in Colorado. These have really cool, like... Like fronts of their beers, like the logo. Yeah, look at that. It's, it's pretty, really cool. This is a um, Breckenridge Brewery, yep. fine Colorado ales. This is an oatmeal stout. I've never had this before. I don't think you probably have either. I've never had it. So we're going to taste it. It is a little cold, Steve, and I don't know if we should drink stout cold. It's been at room. I mean, if it's cold, it's because this room is cold because I haven't, <laughs> haven't had it in the fridge. Um, but this actually, compared to all the other stuff we've been drinking, which I can't is like, drink this if it's closed, Steve. Oh. Nice, you open your own drink. You don't even let me get my... There you go. You know what, man? Like Did you all... read a lot of books halfway through when you were a kid? <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, all the all the beers which we've been getting, I've been getting all these super strong beers. This actually is a reasonable 5.0% alcohol. Oh, yeah, that's right around, right around the land of what we like. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I like the stronger ones. I right? do, too, because you don't um, have to drink as many. But uh, Cheers. Uh, but we'll see what this tastes like. Yeah. I mean, it's not as good as the one we had before, the, um... Unearthed. Yeah. Oh. That was really good. Yeah, this one's got kind of a... What do you think of that dragon's milk? we got to bring that on the, oh, on the that show. that was really good, too. That was like 12%. <laughs> this one, this one's a little, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's good now. It's got a weird kind of, uh -huh. kind of a bitter after yeah. taste. No, it does. You're right. It is kind of like, bitter for it, a stout. Yeah, Stouts it, usually it, aren't this bitter. It tastes good going down a little bit, but yeah, then yeah. like maybe a couple of seconds after, it's like, wow, what was that? But I mean, it's not horrible. But I kind of feel like part of my problem is it's like, um, I've been, you know, we've had all those really strong beers, yeah. really strong flavored beers, mm -hmm. and also strong, you know, high in alcohol content. For me, it's kind of hard to go back. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's and like it, once I've been drinking that other stuff, which is you know seven percent, eight percent, real hoppy for the IPAs. Real, oh, 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 real, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but for me, it's kind of like to come back to something no, which no. is a little, yeah, a little it. bit less on everything. It's then it, it ends up tasting a little more bland. Hey, how many old guys out there remember Jenny Cream Ale? I'd like to find out in the comments below. There was a time, and if you drank Jenny Cream Ale and you really drank it. Mm -hmm. Then you would know. Back in the day, Jenny Cream Ale had probably, to me anyway, and a lot of you other guys out there or gals out there, that one of the best beers ever mm -hmm. for the taste. Yep. Jenny Cream Ale. But then something happened in the mid-80s. Because I remember buying Jenny Cream. I, it's all I used to drink. And then when I bought it one time, I tasted it. And it tasted like piss. Oof. And I was like, dude, I'll never drink it again. Mm -hmm. And then next thing I knew, like six or seven years later, I can't even find Jenny Cream Ale anywhere. I don't even know if there's anywhere out there. So any of you old guys out there used to drink Jenny Cream Ale in a day, uh -huh. let me know. Uh -huh. Let me know in the comments. We want comments. Do you like um, malt beer? Yeah. I can dig it. I like a pale ale, too, to be quite uh -huh. honest. I mean, it's a good taste drinking beer. It's yeah. kind of like Corona a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Because Corona you can drink because you, you like, it's more of a thirst-quenching beer. So why don't you like IPAs just because they're so hoppy? Oh, and I, don't, I don't think the hops, man. I, I don't think the hops. That kind of bitter flavor. It's just, ah, ah. Okay. I mean, you know, it's weird. I mean, I'll drink Heineken. No, I don't like Heineken. You know, I'll drink those kind of beers because they're not hoppy, right? Oh, yeah. But anything that's got hops in it. I Is mean, Heineken I, a IPA? No. It's like a it's like a, a lager, right? Yeah, yeah, but it, it's, it's, I mean, I'll drink it. Uh -huh. I mean, it's not my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I won't drink Budweiser. Heineken's probably my least favorite. Beer. Yeah, I mean, and back in the day, you used to drink Moosehead. 
Canadian moose head beer. Anyway, where are we anyway? (laughs) Where the hell are we? This is the, uh, we've talked more alcohol. Young People's Socialist League, Uh, saying he had been studying socialist principles since he was 15. Yeah. Um, So his brother, Robert, also expressed um, doubt about um, Lee's interest in Marxism. His quote is, (laughs) this is a quote right from his brother, if Lee was deeply interested in Marxism in the summer of 1955, he said nothing about it to me. During my brief visit with him in New Orleans, though it was a brief visit, I never saw any books on the subject in the apartment on Exchange Place. Never in my presence did he read anything that I recognized as communist literature. Although it's interesting that he's conflating communism with Marxism, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was totally surprised when the information about his interest in Marxism came out at the time of his defection to Russia, hmm. I was amazed that he had kept to himself ideas and opinions that were evidently so important to him. Well, it could be one of two things. Maybe Lee Harvey Oswald is a private guy. Yeah. Or maybe... Well, I don't know. That doesn't sound like him, though, does it? I mean, he... He likes to talk. Yeah. But it could also mean that, well, maybe, you know, he was recruited pretty early. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, and, and this place on, what was the name of the place that you went to visit? Exchange Place or whatever you said? Um, did I say that just now? Yeah, Exchange Place. Exchange Place where? In New Orleans? Was this, When was this in New Orleans? When he was in there right before Kennedy was killed? Oh, I, I think that's just where they lived. Well, there was, was a place in, called Exchange Place. In New Orleans, though? In in um, in New Orleans, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay. Oh, well, he's young. Okay, okay. Oh. Yeah, that was back when he was... He didn't move back to... Um, New Orleans until after. Well, actually, no, I think he was in New Orleans during all of this time until he joined the Marines. Oh, yeah, I mean, after. So they were in Dallas, then they moved back to New Orleans. Yeah. Um, So, um, so there were some accounts of him um, praising communism. During a meeting of the New Orleans Amateur Astronomy Association, he began expounding the virtues of communism. And another time... He was kicked out of the home of a friend after the friend's father overheard him oh, praising the Jesus Christ. system. Can you oh, imagine yeah. doing that back in the 50s? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, shit. So, well, look. I won't go on a tangent. Mm-hmm. But what I will say, a lot of good people died during World War One. But for what? World War One or World War Two? Right. Either. I yeah. didn't really mean to get down to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they they blindly fought for what they thought was right. Mm-hmm. You know, and imagine what these poor souls—the fifty-eight thousand that died in Vietnam—would be thinking about what really happened mm-hmm. and why they really went and what it was all about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's it's just like you know. So they were there, and they were like, "Look, mm-hmm. United States, are you kidding me?" You know. But if they knew what they knew, if they yeah. knew they knew now, then what they knew, what they could have known now, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So, but I get it. Back in the day, you didn't say shit like that, man. You you, you could get like mobbed, lynched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Maybe we'll just do this last section here. Okay. Um, it's starting to get a little late. Um, Oswald in the Marines. Yes. By the fall of 1955, 
Oswald had decided that he wanted to join the Marines. Now, the one thing which is odd about this is that, I mean, think of what we have here. We have Oswald, who supposedly at this time is an avowed Marxist. At 16. At 16. Yeah. So isn't it a little odd? I'm not saying it couldn't be the case, but isn't it a little odd for a 16-year-old who's an avowed Marxist to decide that what they want to do is to join the Marines <laughs> um, and serve the United States and go fight the commies? <laughs> you know? I mean, is that kind of odd a little bit? <laughs> Just, you know, hey. So um, some people have claimed, some researchers have have, have, have postulated mm. that it makes more sense or this makes more sense if we believe that Oswald was moving into or going into the military because he already knew that plans were being made for his service in intelligence. So your claim, and I'm not saying that I think this is the case. I actually, th I, I think he was involved in intelligence but I think it happened after he was in the military that he got kind of recruited. You know, but I don't know. But you may you kind of threw that out there. Maybe he had been recruited even before you. And and you know what, into the Steve? To be, to be quite honest with you, when I said that, uh -huh. I knew nothing about this. Okay. Absolutely nothing. Okay. And the reason sometimes I, you're prescient. Though. Well, the reason I said it is because I I don't put that past the government. Well, I don't do. I mean, right? I don't think it's likely in this case. Well, but I don't put it past them. It's but possible. I, but you know what. I do. I, I think it's more likely than you might believe because mm. I believe that that the okay. Look, you think about things like remote viewing. Mm -hmm. You think about there's there's people that have the, the the powers of of being able to cognitively know what somebody's gonna do. I, I've looked into that. They, they had people in a, a specific room could tell you what the other person in the other room was doing. Mm -hmm. And there are parts of the government where they send people out to find those types of people. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, for a couple of reasons. That's true. He One, would have been a potentially easy target. Oh, yeah. And it's all about, remember um, Men in Black, mm -hmm. right? Guy picks them up. They're, they're doing a new, ver a new Men in Black movie. Yeah, but you know what? Movies got a lot to do with what really is going on in the world. But the Men in Black, you, you got this guy all of a sudden gets pulled out of nowhere. Uh-huh. They're asking him to do this and that. He doesn't even know why. Just because he was capable. Uh, he was the right guy. And you might not have to be the most perfect shot or 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 anything else. You don't Except even have to be right for whatever they're looking for. And, and you know what? The the, the, the biggest and case... malleable. Oh yeah, yeah. And you want to talk about malleable? Let me give you a name for your research. Sirhan, Bashar, Sirhan. Mm. Look. Yeah, you know, that's, there, there, that's something we got to get into. That. There's people out there, right, that mm -hmm. that just have a certain personality type that is going to be one that can be utilized for an agenda, mm -hmm. and maybe they found it. Maybe I don't know how they would have, but if they did, then that's why. <laughs> I certainly right? think it's possible. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not discounting no. it at all. No, I mean, um, who knows? It, it, again, it's just conjecture, but yeah, believe it could have happened. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, one other reason why maybe Oswald wanted to get into the Marines is one you remember his father, who had died right yep. before he was born, mm -hmm. had been a Marine in World War One, and his his older brother Robert Jr., whom Oswald idolized, had also been a Marine. Okay. As a matter of fact, um, Oswald wore his Marine Corps ring. Well, what that also does is it also says that you know teenage kids go through phases where mm -hmm. they think they're this. 
but they still want to do this. Mm-hmm. I went into service because my sister was in it, because my brother was in it, mm-hmm. and, and and I had no direction. So yeah. I said, okay, that's the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Who knows? People do things for weird reasons. Yeah. Um, his brother, or Oswald's brother, um, Robert, mm-hmm. claimed that, or he surmised that Oswald enlisted in order to, quote, get from out and under the yoke of oppression from my mother. Which is perfectly believable. You know, as well. there, there's there's a lot of um, of elites. One is one specific, and I'm gonna let you do your own digging. I'm not gonna tell you who it was. I found out who this was, but they were all there. They said, "Well, people only go in, into the into the service because they're poor." <laughs> well, I think that's why a lot of people go into it, but quote, not everybody. Quote mm-hmm. because they're poor. Mm-hmm. That burned me, bro. That burned me. Now look, was I poor growing up as a kid? Well, don't yeah. you think that a lot of people do go because of that? Well, I... I, <sighs> I mean, when I say it now, does it burn you? Because I do think that some people do go because they're poor. Wouldn't you if you were if you were really poor? I think, first of all... See, I grew up with no money. Mm-hmm. But I didn't go into the service because I thought I, I was poor and I could all of a sudden make money for not having to go to school. Well, you probably figured you could make a living yourself if you needed to. Well, here's the thing, right? When, when you have no direction as a kid, mm-hmm. right? Now, I didn't know that this was going to happen. I, I went into the service because my family did. And I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. I don't like what I'm doing now. Maybe this is going to be something cool. Mm-hmm. But when I got in, and again, <laughs> that's how they kind of rope you, right? Mm-hmm. For kids that need direction... And when we don't know it, we get in, and then all of a sudden you have people going, you're part of the biggest fake team you pay for him. America is number one. You're going to be the biggest fighter. You go, wow. So really, they so they built you up. Well, here's a question. You're going to be the best, most elite fighter, isn't it? And do, you're like, you yeah, I am. They, do you feel that they um, built you up more than they... Without a doubt. More than they tore you down or look, vice versa? Look, look, you know, the kids that didn't do it were washed out, right? Uh-huh. Because what do they do? They Look, they find the people that they know are going to be able to be leaders, and they use them. What happened to me is when I got in, I was a little older. I was 20 mm-hmm. when I went in, into this service. And what happened is I got in, and I knew what they were going to do. So I sat there, and I was a kid that didn't grow up in a, in a good part of town. So I knew what was going on. I had my streetwise, right? Mm-hmm. So I was there going, yeah, yeah, yell at me, blah, blah, blah. Other people couldn't take it, right? Other people get all pissy, and then they get out on me more, right? So I just shut my mouth and stayed where I was supposed to go. But then one of the guys got washed out who was a squad leader, and they put me in his spot. Mm-hmm. They didn't pick me for no reason, mm-hmm. right? They picked me because they knew I'd be good in the position, and I was. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing is 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 it is when they say stuff like when you it's when you're when you're malleable, mm-hmm. you know, and you get in like that, and you got these guys like with a strict regime and a strict regiment, and they they always are telling you you're going to be my you know, and you're mm-hmm. just like wow. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. You know, in the words of Obama, yes, I can. Right? <laughs> and, and so you believe it. And, and you drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Right? That's what you do. And maybe that's what he did. Maybe he went in and, and, and they found out while he was in. Right? And that's the best time to find out. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, Gunny, you, you got any privates in here that seem like they, you know, uh-huh. might be pretty easy? You know, just kind of let us know. Or maybe... They'll just have a guy come in one day and just, you know, watch stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and say, hey, this recruit right here might be the guy we want to dig on. 
Mm -hmm. Let's look into his family life and see if we can't maybe use him for something we need. Mm -hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so there's some right off the bat when he was when he joined up, there were kind of inconsistencies in his um, in his where in, in the accounting of his whereabouts, etc. It's kind of grown on me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Daniel Patrick Powers, who was with Oswald in Jacksonville, rec <laughs> recalled that Oswald, or he claimed that Oswald used almost all his weekend passes to go to New Orleans to visit his mother, or at least that's what Oswald told him. So yeah. Oswald told this guy that... It wouldn't oh, seem using, like that if he said he wanted to go to New Orleans to get away from it. Right? Yeah, I'm using my, my um, weekend passes to go to New Orleans. I'm going to go visit my mother. Ah, where was he going? However, <laughs> his mother was actually in Texas at the time, and, rel and his relatives in New Orleans can only recall like maybe a, a phone call or two from, <laughs> from Oswald. So... <laughs> so there is some question. I mean, and this is just one person. Maybe he's misremembering. You know, maybe... Who knows? Oswald's enlistment papers, and this may seem like a silly thing to mention, but it, it comes into play later on. His enlistment papers showed his vital statistics at 5 feet 8 inches in height, 135 pounds in weight, with hazel eyes and brown hair. He's a panty waist. Yeah, he was a small dude. Jesus. Um, you know, although, you know, like I'm a tall guy, like I'm like 6'2". And my weight ranges anywhere from like 170 to 180. Yeah. Um, and so I never think of myself as a big guy. But really, like, in in the real world, really, like, I'm bigger and heavier. than Except for, you know, people get big. Oh, yeah, yeah, But, yeah, like, you yeah. know, I'm bigger than most people. And I and I need to remember that. Like, 180 really is a heavy guy. But not 6'2". Not at six two, no, but I mean compared good. to but I mean compared to most people walking down the street. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like I'm big. I'm just bigger than most people. So, so when I hear one thirty five, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> no. That's so small. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's really not that. Like there are a lot of people who are one thirty five. A lot of dudes, but he was a smaller guy. Yeah, yeah. He was very, very frail. Yeah, I mean, like, how tall are you? Like five eight, maybe five eight. Five eight. Yeah, I mean, you weigh more than one thirty five. I imagine. Just <laughs> a little too much more. Than Have you ever weighed one thirty five as an adult? Uh, no, I was always when I was in high school. I was like one forty three. Yeah, yeah. But you were real. I was still small. Yeah, yeah. But you were in shape. You were, yeah. you know, a little stronger. Yeah. So you were, you weren't quite so, so thin. Yeah, he was. He was bony little guy. Like yeah. a shitbird. Yeah. So he was a small dude. Um. So uh, his primary training was in radar operation, interestingly enough, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this was a position which required security clearance. <laughs> Again, which is interesting to me, like, because, you know, and we'll get into this as we go along, but he was not shy, even when he was in the Marines, about his, his um, Marxist interests. Like, he was talking about his love of Marxism to everybody who would listen to him while he was in the Marines. But still, he was granted this security clearance. It's kind of a little odd. Um, I mean, it's a little odd, isn't it? No, it's, it is. It is. Um, I mean, how would you... Here's a question. I mean, you were in... The, when were you in the military? The 80s? Yep. Yeah, so that's like, you know, when the, the Cold War was still kind of going on, maybe trailing off, but still the Cold War was yeah. happening. Like, would you, what would have happened to you in the military if you went on and on and on about how much you loved the Soviet Union? Like, how would that have worked out for you? No, it wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. 
I mean, right? You didn't try it. Here's the thing. I mean, the thing is, 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 is I wasn't in that circle. You know, I mean, and I, I, I think I would think that they get booted or you know get you know booted on a medical or something. You know, mm-hmm. like they might have been crazy, but mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, I mean, I mean, how? I mean, like, how would the the people that you served with? How would they have treated? Oh, you? Would they have th- cared? These, oh, these guys. I mean, the thing is, is is when people people don't understand is when you get into the service uh-huh. after your basic training and your tech school. Basic training is like total hardcore, like you know, grunt. Ah, all this other stuff you learn how to shoot and all that. Then you get out of that, and you go into tech training. is a little less. Mm-hmm. You still gotta march everywhere you go, and you know. But then once you get into your place, it's uh-huh. just like a job. Yeah, it's just like any other job. That's except, what I always figured, actually. Except your clothes gotta be tight. You know, you gotta be uptight. You gotta be right. You gotta have everything where it's supposed to be, and you gotta make your hair sure your hair is cut right and all this other mm-hmm. shit. But it's just like any other job. Nine to five. Monday through Friday, sometimes you went to TDY somewhere else, all this other stuff. But basically, it was just a job, except you knew that... Did you have your meals provided for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's the thing. You that's see, awesome. No, 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 no. <laughs> think about it, and think about it, young boys and girls. When you're a young, impressionable man or a woman, mm-hmm. and you need direction in your life, mm-hmm. and you get it, but then you don't just get that. What else do you get? You get three hots and a cot. That. That's not so bad. Think about it. Think about it in a long haul. Because, you see, here's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. You're used to getting three hots and a cot uh-huh. every day. Yeah. You're used to getting free health insurance and free life insurance and free schooling and all this other fun stuff. All that stuff sounds great to me. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Until you get used to it. Yeah. And then you get out. Mm-hmm. And you go, wait, wait, now I have to pay for my own shit? Yeah. But that's the power. <laughs> so it makes you want to stay. Yeah. The military. You're right. I could have seen that. It would be hard to, to get out. Oh, yeah. You know, it was like, I mean, I, oof. and that's the thing. That's why a lot of people stay until they're, until 20 years. Uh-huh. Right? But then what do they do? If they're not smart, what while they're when you get old, you have to get different sort of jobs in there. Well, I mean, the thing is, well, I mean, for me, it was like, you know, what I did in the service was not relatable to, to something in, in, in the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like, okay, well, here I am now, mm-hmm. you know, four years later, uh-huh. and what am I going to do now? Yeah. You know, it's like I wasted four years in there for what? Yeah. You know, I mean, I should have stayed. I, well, you know, I decided not to, but mm-hmm. that's the thing. So there's a lot of kids. Look, it's not like that for everybody, but for the people that do get in there that, that are like that, just know <laughs> it's a real alluring thing, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think they have? The, uh, what do they call it? The um, GI Bill. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can get money for college for free. Mm-hmm. If your parents can't pay for it, don't worry. Don't worry. Uncle Sam will come in. Mm-hmm. And we'll take care of you. All you gotta do is go through some time a little bit in the beginning, and then we'll give you everything you ever needed. You don't even have to. We're gonna hold your hand. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be just like the government yeah. and the American people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, it's it's alluring, but so I get it. You know. So we'll run through this last stuff um, pretty quickly, um, and we're throwing out a lot of information which we'll have to come back to on. Yeah, Oswald. probably. Um, but. Uh, um, so Oswald was trained and tested in shooting. And um, at first I thought like, oh, he was just a terrible shooter. And he really wasn't terrible. Um, 
He was tested in shooting. He first scored a 212, which was slightly above the requirements for the designation of sharpshooter. Yeah, that's so pretty, true. So pretty good. Yep. Um, and then he, <clears throat> next time he was tested, he scored a 191, which was below sharpshooter, reduced his rating to a marksman. Yep. So I'd which like to... most folks get. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what most. That's what most people end up. I with. mean, here's the thing: if you have a a sighted weapon uh -huh. that is accurate mm -hmm. and not a piece of Italian junk, yeah, with a sight, you can do pretty well. You're gonna do I mean, as long it, as you got a steady. Because hand. it's yeah, it's not like you gotta be like running all over shooting and stuff. It's like you're you're laying down uh -huh. and you're shooting a target. And the sight is correct. And the sight's correct, and you're not moving it. It's, it's in a spot where you've got a, you know, a, in your holding. So why doesn't everybody hit like right on every single time? Well, it's not. It's not like you got to hit dead center every time to get marks, marksman. Uh huh. I mean, it's like it's a, it's a, you know, you got three rings. You know, you got to get it in between. Is it? Is the one yeah. difference like? Because the thing is, like, anybody can look through the sight and make sure that the sight is pointed right at what it's supposed yeah, to point yeah, at, right? Yeah. So is the only thing which differentiates like the amazing shooters from the the you know merely good just how much the gun shakes when you pull the That's trigger? That's exactly right. Or it's a lot to do with the trigger finger. I mean, it's like, you know, if, you, if you're jerking your trigger finger or, or if the weapon goes this way or uh -huh. this way, you so know. So it's all about how still you can keep it when you pull it. There That's you go. All it comes down it's to. all it is. It's all it is. It's so, all it so is. So what's the skill around that? Isn't it just being steady and having having like nerves of steel? It's also, I mean, any weapon you have, no matter what ha weapon you have, and then back then it was probably a lot more recoil mm -hmm. on certain weapons, mm -hmm. right? I mean, so recoil and a guy that's 5'8", 135? Can affect him more. Yeah, and it's gonna affect him a little so bit. So are more. the best sharpshooters? They tend to be a little bigger. Well, it's not that. I think it's just being able to to handle the weapon. A lot mm. of folks. I mean, who knows? Did he ever fire a weapon before he went in? A lot of folks go in and they're hunters from like you know wherever uh, when they were growing up as kids. So they're or, used to it. So they're used to that. They, yeah. they so maybe they get a better score because they're used to it on the outside. Mm. Somebody who just walks in, you know, I made marksman, but I didn't. I, I mean, I only did that because I did what they told me to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't have a shaky hand. No, I, you weren't like <laughs> I wasn't afraid of it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was into it. You know, uh, and but but you know, I mean, who knows why he didn't? I mean, it could have had a lot to do with his weight. It could have had a lot to do with his trigger finger. It could have had a lot to do with whether he was, you know, holding his face too close or not holding it tight enough against his shoulder. Uh, it could have been a lot of things. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people do better on their first time through. Well, he did. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like um, when you're a sharpshooter because they're not thinking about it. Yeah, when you're a sniper. Mm-hmm. Your first shot is always your best shot. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because you're focusing. Oh. Especially if you've got a bolt-action rifle. Uh -huh. <laughs> because you know, right, uh -huh. if your first shot's not dead on, it's like going to be real hard for you. the first time you've been waiting and having time to focus. There the you go. You're, doing you, right you're like, you. oh shit, especially if you didn't hit your mark. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> Yeah. And especially if it's a moving target. Even if it is going, look, do me a favor. Try to go 11 miles an hour anywhere. And then while you're doing 11 miles an hour with 14 cars behind you, road raging, ready to kill you, <laughs> think about how hard it would be to pick somebody off at 11 miles an hour. That's about going like this. Yeah. <laughs> In a car. I tried that today for the hell of it. You just came into my mind. Out. No, it, it just came into my mind. I'm, I'm like doing 25 miles an hour headed into Hanover from what's left. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, 
I couldn't go any lower than 20. I, mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> how slow am I going? Yeah, yeah. It's like, how hard would it be to peg somebody? And these guys turned. <laughs> it must have been so slow. You know, people go, no, the car didn't stop. The car didn't stop. Dude, you were doing 11 miles an hour. You might as well have stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think at 11 miles an hour, I don't know how many, how many full rotations on a wheel it can happen. Mm-hmm. But also, <laughs> if they're shooting straight on, it's almost like the, the movement of the car doesn't matter so no, much anyway. No, it doesn't. Yeah. But anyway, so here we are. He did shooting, and he did okay. And he didn't do so good, but he was finally, yeah. you know. Um, although, another on another account... Um, Former Marine Sherman Cooley said that Oswald was given the name Shitbird <laughs> because initially he couldn't qualify on the M1 rifle. Maybe um, they have to have qualify on different rifles. I don't know. Um, he said, Cooley said, it was a disgrace not to qualify and we gave him holy hell. Yeah. So to me, there's kind of like, Again, there's kind of um, contrasting or conflicting testimonies here. Like, yeah. you know, it sounds like to me if he, he managed to be a sharpshooter and then also a marksman, it makes me sound like he was a pretty good shooter. And then this other person saying that he was made fun of because he was a bad shot. So I don't know. Where's the truth? Well, I mean, you know, for me, you know, this guy had an interview. Mm-hmm. There's an interview with this guy. Yeah. So what are the, what are the motivations for people, right? I mean, mm-hmm. was he getting paid for this interview? You know, I personally would rather shoot somebody who decided they want to go on TV and lie to make uh-huh. them uh, famous and give 15, them their 15 minutes. minutes. Of fame, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? I, I want to crush those individuals because... But there's also people I know that, you know, in the service, there's... there's, And I think that the horrible people in the service that when someone isn't doing well, mm-hmm. they embarrass them and crush them and try to stomp on them. Mm-hmm. And all it does is prove their own weakness. Mm. For instance, for me, when I was promoted in, in basic training to a squad leader, mm-hmm. I had 15 guys in my squad, mm-hmm. right? So I was in charge of them. I had to make sure all their uniforms were uptight whenever we had... I was in charge of them. I had to march them, all of the shit. But the thing was, is when we had PT mm-hmm. and we had to pass a certain test, we had one of the squad leaders that was kind of shorter, really couldn't like run, uh-huh. but I didn't want them to not make it, mm-hmm. right? So... I talked to the other squad leader who happened to be, we had four lines, uh-huh. and I happened to talk to the other squad leader when we were having our test, and I looked at him, and I said, dude, grab his arm. We took this dude's arm, and we carried him wow. for three miles. Oh, my goodness. I, and we said, move your feet, move your feet, but don't run. I said, when we get to where the, the TI is, a training instructor, then you start running. Uh-huh. But then when we get past him, we'll lift you up again. <laughs> Wow, it worked, huh? Well, the thing is... is He must is, have been exhausted by the end of Well, I mean, we were in really good shape. He yeah. wasn't, yeah. right? But the thing is, is I didn't believe that somebody should not have the opportunity to try to go in and, and serve their country just because they can't run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy that wasn't going to be in infantry, he, uh-huh. he told me he was going to be doing this when he took his ASVAB test. So I was like, okay, if the guy was going to be in infantry, I'd say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Yeah, because yeah. you're going to hurt somebody. If you yeah, know. yeah. You know, right? Maybe the TI knew, maybe he didn't. But I know that myself and this other guy to this day are, are going, I'm proud I did that because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know where this guy was, but he was able to get out and he was able to go where he was going to go. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, mm-hmm. was what brotherhood was all about. Yeah. It's not bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. You help somebody. Mm-hmm. So you don't do that. In my opinion, you don't do that to somebody. Making fun of him. You don't do that just because he was frail. The, 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 the point, the real point, regardless of what it's really there for, mm-hmm. is for the people to learn 
you know, teamwork and, 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 and brotherhood and, and like, you know, being able to have somebody's back no matter what. And that was the reason. Mm-hmm. That, to me, seemed like the guy's either a dick uh-huh. or... He's lying. He's lying. Yeah, one or the other. You know, so, yeah. Um, so he was little. Yeah, he, and he, the, he couldn't really shoot too well, and you know, his people, he was kind of ridiculed, and that can really burn people, right? So here's uh, um, some something interesting. It sounds like he managed to get himself in trouble several mm. times. So Oswald. So I, here are three um, instances. Oswald was court-martialed after he accidentally shot himself in the elbow with an unauthorized 22 caliber handgun. <laughs> Shitbird. No. <laughs> Maybe that's why they call him Shitbird for real. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, oh my God. And then after, immediately after that, he was court-martialed a second time for fighting with a sergeant who he thought was responsible for his punishment in the shooting issue. So essentially, he shot himself in the elbow, got in trouble, and then he went and like had words and fought with a sergeant who he thought had got him in trouble over the shooting issue. Wow. Um, and then ultimately he was demoted <laughs> from private first class to private. And oh, I'm sorry, because of that um, fight with the sergeant, wow. he was demoted from private first class to private and briefly imprisoned in the brig. Oh boy. Then um, he was later punished for a third incident. He was on um, night sentry duty in the Philippines and he fired his rifle into the jungle for apparently no reason. Now, now, okay. He got in trouble for that. You know, okay, so there's a couple of things. It's maybe, good having your military knowledge here. Well, maybe, I, it was, maybe it was different then. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, you know, when a, when a, when a, when a military serviceman hears court-martial, mm-hmm. you're like, you're fucked. Mm. Right? I just heard court martial three fucking times, and then I heard brig, uh-huh. bro. So these are if, serious things. No, if you go into the brig uh-huh. nowadays, dude. Yeah. Usually, mm-hmm. that's going. Oh, I'd say I personally would say ninety percent of the time. If you're court martialed and you're going to the brig, uh-huh. you are stripped of all your stripes, reduced to the lowest, and bounced. So why wasn't he? Two reasons why. Uh-huh. One. That wasn't the way it was back then, because these war times, right? Yeah. We got to keep all of our people. Well, Maybe, who in knows? 1957, we weren't in the were we in the Korean War? I think the Korean War was over by that point. Yeah, and we weren't in Vietnam. So, but so maybe it was different then, or it's Oswald. Maybe he was Protect. supposed to stay because yeah. they were going to put him somewhere. Mm-hmm. He had the secret clearance. He, 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 maybe he really excelled in this uh, radio thing because he had a lot to do with the U2 incident, like we both know, mm-hmm. right? You know, maybe people were... Uh, Already had plans for him? Yeah, and when this all happened, they went, yeah, okay, put him in the brig, but...